Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes and book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can certainly help. Check us out to book a free consultation and create a customized benefit plan that fits your business and budget. I'm your host back again, Robin Bailey, with my co-host, Al McDonald. Al, what are you saying? It's Friday, Podcast Friday, best day of the week. Always is, best day of the week. And we're slowly coming into some nice weather, which is nice. I'll be hopefully be able to get out on my bike this weekend, which will be a, a nice change after a long winter. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yes. Spring makes people happy. The sunshine makes people happy. So, and we're dealing with a happy person today. So I'm excited to chat with our guest and joining us today is Leanne Ruber. Leanne is the founder and CEO of Second Skin Society, a health and fitness app designed around accessibility and inclusivity. Starting her business back in 2018 as a brick and mortar studio to now developing and expanding as a tech startup. Leanne has been in quite a roller coaster ride for the last few years, so we'll talk about that. She's pivoted several times to find out where she belongs as an entrepreneur, and she loves to share about the moment that she knew everything came together for that moment that, you know, throwing that spaghetti against the wall and it finally stuck. Because of her story and the challenges she's overcome, Leanne is seen as a trailblazer, a thought leader, a coach, and a mentor for other entrepreneurs, and an impact-driven CEO of a health and fitness business that is about to take the world by storm. Let's do it, Leanne. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Well, to me, we've got to start with the obvious, because when we first met, that's one of the first things I wanted to know. Tell us about the name, like why Second Skin Society? Yeah, I love this question. And it's one that I often get because people are like, you know, at first, are you a skincare company? No, we are not. That's why the the term society is so important in there. But essentially, it came from me thinking about even back when I had the studio. So originally, we were second skin studios. I was thinking about what I wanted people to feel and experience when they were coming to the studio. And so now that's just translated over into what do I want people to feel and experience when they are participating in any of our programs and our wellness programs. And it's really about that kind of transformation. So the shedding of the skin. And of course, you know, at the time we were a niche yoga studio. So there is a cobra is, is a yoga pose. There's a lot of different kind of little pieces that went into the name, but it was really truly about that transformative experience that we want people to have over and over again, which is that kind of peeling back the layers of themselves and finding that transformation within themselves. For me, that happened through movement and now kind of greater holistic health and wellness in general. And that's what we want people to experience when they're part of our society. Well, it totally makes sense because I think 
everyone's seen it on TV or maybe they've been lucky enough to see it in real life where you find the snake and it gets rid of that crusty old skin and when it comes out and it's smooth and beautiful and just looks so soft to the touch. So it totally makes sense in terms of that transformation that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I love that we're talking about it because as soon as you started speaking, I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense, right? And if you put some thought around second skin, that just totally makes sense about going from here's where we are today in that transformation to our better selves, right? So that mm -hmm. totally makes sense. Yeah, over and over again. It never yeah, ends. Exactly. Yeah, and you said that you shed your second skin or you shed your skin through movement. What do you mean by that? At the time that I decided to start my business, I was at a very transitional period in my life. I was in my early 30s. That's often a time when women in particular kind of start to really find out who they are. So in my personal life, in my career, I was just going through this kind of transformation, which is what led me to start the business in the first place. And it came from me finding a movement practice that was empowering to me. And previously, I had always been into health and wellness. Like I, I just always have since I was a young age playing sports in high school, I was going to the gym regularly. But I will say that I had a really unhealthy relationship with health and wellness. Looking back, I can see where I had eating disorders that I explained away in my mind as to why they were not eating disorders, that I was just, you know, very, very disciplined. And I was obsessively exercising. I mean, even to the point where there were some times where I would get up in the middle of the night and I was stressed about what I had done or not done that day and what I had eaten or not eaten that day. And so I felt like going to the gym was like, oh, I, I need to do that. It was very unhealthy. So when I was going through this transitional period in my life, I found a movement practice that really spoke to a different part of me and brought out an empowered part of me. And that's what led me to feeling like I found something in myself through a movement practice that I had never discovered before. And I decided I wanted to teach because I wanted other people to have the opportunity to have that same experience. And that's kind of, you know, what led me to starting the business. Okay, thank you. So can you talk a little bit about what the company is, because you focus on accessibility. So talk a, a little bit about what the program is, what your business is, and then maybe the second part to that, why do you think it's so important right now for businesses to prioritize accessibility? So, I mean, the business started, you, you've already touched on it. We've gone through so many pivots. We started as a brick and mortar. I was teaching this niche style of yoga. Through the pandemic, we had shifted into the virtual space, started expanding services to offer much more than just yoga and offering many other instructors. And really through working with some corporate clients and growing our membership in the virtual space, I had this discovery, this is the aha moment that led us to the accessibility piece, which was the feedback from many people over the course of two years, hey, we love that you offer accessible options. And something I haven't mentioned yet is that my previous career prior to starting my business, I spent over two decades supporting people with disabilities. So this is where everything, you talk about that throwing the spaghetti and, and finally seeing it stick. I had this moment after really becoming aware that that feedback was recurring, coming from different people over time, that I could do accessibility in the health and fitness space even better than I was. And that I could really create it in a way that was bringing people with disabilities in. Instead of 
creating access and then segregating that community further. That's not what I intended to do. And so it took some time to kind of come up with how we could do that. So now what we are creating is a new health and fitness app. It's designed around accessibility and inclusivity. So it's accessible for people with vision loss, hearing loss, and other physical disabilities. And the inclusivity piece is that each and every one of our classes offers four different instructors providing four different variations of the same class. So you and, you know, if you've got a partner or a friend, family member, or even if you have a caregiver and you're receiving support, you're both able to choose the instructor that meets your needs. So you can actually work out with someone that uses a wheelchair, even if you're not a wheelchair user yourself. It's the first of its kind in that it really brings people with disabilities and people without disabilities together through movement. So that's what we're doing now, which I'm super excited about. And the second piece of that question, it should have always existed. At the end of the day, that's just a fact. It should have always been here. It should have always been accessible for everyone. Health and fitness should be for every single person on this earth because we know the impacts of it. But I think that when I look at our society as a whole, first looking at the health and fitness industry, there have been so many changes, so many shifts away from really marketing towards weight loss. I mean, there are always going to be companies that are always marketing towards getting a six pack. They're always marketing towards people without disabilities, essentially. But I do see that there's been such a space created for different bodies in the health and fitness space. And so we need to really think about all bodies being included in this industry. And then when I look at the B2B side of things, which is where we have kind of been focused for the last couple of years with our platform, many, many organizations are really starting to prioritize hiring people with disabilities, you know, making their hiring practices accessible, making sure that there's equitable opportunities for, you know, a wide range of people to come in and support them in their businesses, which is fantastic. And then they need to look at, so how does this translate into our wellness programs? Are we putting programs into place that can support and meet the needs of all employees, even as we're bringing in a new and diverse employee team? So we are kind of serving both of those needs with our options. So we're in the direct-to-consumer space and we're continuing in the B2B space so that we make sure that the, the option is available for people, the access is available for people. Leanne, I want to talk to you about a number of things. And our first conversation was really good. And I didn't anticipate talking about this today, but you brought up some really good points about, you know, maybe you had an unhealthy relationship with fitness in in the early days. And I love your background. And And this I did tell you when we first met. My sister for the last 20 years has worked for Halton Region and she works with special needs children. And I thought that's a really special person because I remember years ago, she asked me to help out with a play day and I helped out with the play day and I got to see and participate in what she did every day with these children. First of all, I was exhausted by the end of the day because it was so much work and I came away and, you know, I butt heads with my sister once in a while, but I came away that day with just a massive amount of respect for what she does. And I was like, I remember thinking, thank goodness there are people like her. These are special people that want to make a difference for people who don't have all the advantages that I was born with. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing, but it brings back memories of, and and this is where I think this app is really important because it brings it into the home or, or wherever you want. My brother who passed away, and I've talked about it on the podcast, this isn't the first time, but it's still fairly fresh. My brother passed away about going on two years ago now from obesity. 
And he definitely suffered with body dysmorphia. And I have examples of that, but I'll never forget him telling me his mobility was severely limited because he had so much weight and he had edema in in his legs and he's crossing the road at a light one time. And someone was waiting to turn left and it was very hurtful to him because he wasn't going very fast because he couldn't. And the person yelled out of the car, hey, get out of the way, you fat four-letter word. And I remember, I'm getting upset talking about it, that someone would do that. But I remember him going home and feeling bad about himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I remember trying to get him to the gym and he was pretty far gone at that point. And he said, I'll never go into a gym because there was just so much shame. And he didn't want to walk into an environment where people had the six packs, right? And had the muscle shirts. And he just, as a result, he just had no options in terms of, and there was other issues going on there, but he didn't, there was nothing that could come into the house or to his apartment and say, hey, listen, if you can't do this exercise, but here it's modified, but you can do this. And I think for people like that, I think it's so important. And, you know, we lost my brother and it's very unfortunate, but hopefully, you know, if people are listening here and they know people like that or people like that are listening, at least they have say, hey, there is stuff out there. I can have a starting point where I'm going to be able to do all this stuff and someone's adapting it for me. And maybe I'll never be able to do that, you know, the normal version, if you want to use that word, but there's something that I can do and I can be part of something. And I like that you use that society, you know, and I would even say community is a word and you build that community. And I wish my brother had had something like that. So I really have a lot of respect for what you're doing. Thank you. And part of the intention of what we're creating in the way that we're creating it is to reduce those stigmas. The idea of movement or or health and wellness for all bodies created by all bodies. Because the thing is, there is no normal movement. There's no such thing. It's just something that we have allowed a certain group of people, and I don't know who this group of people is, I don't know why the fitness industry was established in the way that it was to really be specifically targeting certain people and pushing something on them that should never have been. It should always have been about movement for health, movement for physical health, movement for mental health, movement for emotional health, all of those different things. And then of course, like the other things that come along with holistically looking at your life as a whole and looking at your stressors and how you can reduce those things. And I mean, we could talk for hours about all the different aspects that should be included in the topic of health. But for many, many, many people and for myself, I mean, I have very early memories of just feeling like I was less than because I didn't look a certain way. And the crazy thing is that I wasn't obese. I wasn't, you know, in a situation where my health was impacted because of my weight. It was simply because I felt like our society as a whole was telling me, if you don't look this certain way, or even down to, I remember Googling, this was early, early days. I remember Googling, how much does this celebrity weigh? And did I ever take into consideration that celebrity height and what my height was? No. I didn't pay attention to that. I had a certain number in my mind that if I wanted to be like valued and if I wanted to feel really good about myself, that the scale needed to say that number. And I'm going to tell you that now I understand that and I haven't weighed myself in decades because it is still very much like a trigger for me. But I understand that had I ever reached that number on the scale, I would have been close to death. 
it would never have been a number that could ever represent health for me. But as a society, we just, and I think it's different for women. And, and I'm just saying that because of my lived experience, I know there's many men out there that feel the same way, that the way the health and fitness industry has been established and kind of pushed on us as a society and the beauty industry as well has been really, really detrimental to so many people. And it lasts. I remember feeling like I had really done so much work to get out of that way of thinking. And then truthfully, a few years ago, I was given an Apple Watch as a present. And I loved that Apple Watch. I loved the fact that it could give me my text messages and all the different things. But over time, I noticed that I started to become obsessed with closing the rings. And all of a sudden, I started tracking my calories again, which is something that I used to do obsessively when I was in a bad place. And so I decided I choose not to wear the Apple Watch because for me, it brought up a lot of those things that still fester under the surface even all this time later, even after doing all of this work. So part of what we want to do is just release that stigma of having to look a certain way when you're moving your body for it to be effective or for you to show up for it. Doing it from home makes it accessible for so many more people. But even in the variety of options that we're providing as you're choosing, you know, the instructor you want to follow, if you're choosing one instructor and you're working out alone, those other instructors remain visible on the screen in the background and that's intentional it's because we want you to get used to number one seeing people with disabilities everywhere because they should be seen everywhere and they're not but also just seeing different bodies all the time moving in different ways and knowing that the way your body moves is great there's so much there i mean i think we could probably talk in this podcast for the next couple hours because there's so much there but it's a couple things i'm glad that you brought up movement for not only physical health but mental health as well I've said this before, and I might have even said it in the podcast. I know I said it during lunch yesterday that we had with a former podcast guest. I've talked to people who have made the claim that their mental health wasn't affected during the pandemic. And I'm sorry, I call BS. I call BS because working in benefits, I see the rise in psychologist visits and certain drugs that are being prescribed. So everybody's been affected. And for me, I'm recording podcasts all day. And then after this one, I have a bit of a break. I've got about an hour and I'm going to go, I'm at the office today and I'm going to go for a walk because mm -hmm. I know that is so good. It's that time and it's 15 minutes and it's, it's that time to recharge. Now, I relate to what you also said about the Apple Watch. My Apple Watch is actually at home now. And I downloaded, it was an app to track your heart rate. And I went down the rabbit hole with this thing and ended up causing all kinds of anxiety for myself and ended up seeing a doctor. And, and it was just a whole thing. So that one actually sits at home. I've switched to a Garmin. The Garmin does track my steps and I'm okay with that. And when I'm running, it'll track my heart rate, but it's not a specialized app. So I can relate to getting caught up in that sort of thing. And to your point, Instagram and TikTok, the health and fitness industry, it really does to me a terrible job because there's these expectations, even in my age, like how to have a six pack in your fifties, right? Like, and you're like, Oh, I, okay. I have to have a six pack in my fifties. Like it's terrible if I don't. Right. Yeah. So I can totally relate, but so we could talk about that. I'm sure for hours, you know, I like what you said about people with disabilities should be seen. Right. And I think we're entering, especially with what you're doing into a really great time 
for acceptance and inclusivity. Take us forward 10 years. Where do you see yourself in Second Skin Society at that time? Oh, we're global. We're global in 10 years. Lots of different languages, different options for kids and families to do together. So really just expanding our services. Because again, the idea or the stigma of people with disabilities, it's not something you're born with. It's over time, you have a disconnect because they're not represented. I think the the current statistic is somewhere around less than 3% representation in the media in general, people with disabilities, less than 3%, yet they make up about 25% of our population. So it's no wonder there's such a disconnect. So, you know, we want to bring in different options for kids and to see kids with disabilities in the content as well and and get people just used to being around people with disabilities and always having them integrated in everyday life because they are and they should be and they should be represented in that way. So definitely global. I mean, I could go into all of the ideas I have. Of course, as an entrepreneur, that's something that I really love. I love being creative and thinking about how can we do this in a different way? But because I don't know all of the different lanes we will explore over time, I think for us, it's really about being a brand that is recognizable and really established through our core values. And I'll give you an example of how that will happen. It's not even just about the product itself and the representation and the marketing. We know that we can have really, really powerfully impactful marketing, but we are actually in our B2B strategy, we're actually choosing to only work with organizations that have an established DEI strategy. So if you're coming to us and you're saying that you want to work with us, you know, to have your employees get access to our app as part of your wellness initiatives, we are going to be grateful to have the conversation. But the first thing we're going to ask is, what do you have in place in your organization to support accessibility, equity, inclusion, or what are you actively working to put into place right now? And we're not going to just turn people away. Instead, we're going to say, hey, we've got a bunch of different consultants, a bunch of different organizations that work specifically in the corporate space to help corporations on a DEI strategy, put together goals and action plans, work on policies and procedures, and then come back to us when you're ready. But for me, it's very much about staying in alignment with who I am. And I want that to be known as the Second Skin Society brand is walking the walk and not just talking the talk. So it is about turning away businesses that are not in alignment with our core values. We're happy to do that because we want to encourage people so much to think about this from the perspective of it's not just beneficial for their business. It is beneficial for their business, but also We should never have had a society where we had to put something into place in order to include everyone. Like it's silly when you really think about it, why an entire group of people are excluded. For what? They're brilliant people. A lot of innovation comes from this community of people. And for us to be taking that innovation and then using it for our benefit, but then not hiring people with disabilities. And of course, that term encompasses so many different people. But as a society, you look at the pandemic, how many more jobs were created because there was an opportunity to work remotely, while people with disabilities have now a much higher employment rate because of that. Why did it take a pandemic for us to accommodate? It's those types of things that I think 
we can have such big, big impact. My business can have big impact in the access we create for health and fitness. We can create big impact in the marketing that we're putting out there and really helping people with disabilities to be seen in the way that they should have always been seen. And also just putting our money where our mouth is and only working with those organizations that really truly align with who we are. So I believe that in 10 years, our brand will really be established as an organization that is about creating impact just as much as we're about creating income, that those things, they run side by side. They're just as important. That's really exciting. And I have no doubt whatsoever that you're going to accomplish all that you just talked about. I'll add, I've got to applaud you for, you know, sticking to your principles. And it's easy, like you say, to come up with them and write them down. But if you're not going to live them, when things start to, you know, if there's an opportunity maybe to skirt around them so that you can put some money in your pocket, yeah, that's where it really comes to fruition to stick by your guns there. So right. I applaud you for that. Thank you. Shall we get into the last question? We should. Yeah. Cause All I right. have a feeling Leanne's going to have a really good answer for this, Al. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a question that we always ask our guests and it's about legacy. Mm-hmm. So the question goes, The society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you are planting? I have to say, I think about my dad. He's the first person that comes to mind when I think about legacy. My dad passed away a few years ago, quite suddenly. And I remember one of the most powerful things that happened throughout that entire time was watching hundreds of people line up for hours to come and tell my family and myself what an impact he made. My dad was a serial entrepreneur for the most of his life. You know, he started different businesses, his final businesses, my two brothers are still running today. He left a legacy. He would have people come in. He was a mechanic and he opened a shop. He would have people come in and he would have one conversation with someone that wasn't even necessarily related to their vehicle, but he was just that that type of person that could have an impact in one conversation. And some people that had come into the shop had one conversation with my dad, one conversation that led them to literally stand in a lineup of hundreds of people for hours to come and say that that one conversation was impactful. So I think about what I want to do with my life and the impact that I want to create and the impact that I know that is possible for each and every one of us as individuals to create lasting beyond my years on this earth. For me, it is this business. And of course, there have been many twists and turns and I have no doubt there will be many, many more, but it really comes down to how can I leave this world a better place than I was born into it and including everyone and hearing everyone making everyone feel seen and heard and valued that's really what each and every one of us want in one way or another that's really what on a human level we all want I can do that through my business so that is the legacy that I want to leave That's what I want Second Skin Society to be about. That's how I want people to remember me is that they felt seen and heard and valued. At the end of the day, however that comes to look through the business, you know, whatever things come up over the coming years and and however my life continues to evolve, 
that will be the guiding light for me. That will be what I want to leave behind. Well, that's a great answer. And I'm sure from everything we've talked about today and what it sounds like you're doing with your business, I think you're going to see some benefits to that. And again, I applaud you for your mission and what it is you want to try and accomplish. Thank you. Well, you are the first podcast we're recording today and you have just set a bar because this has been an awesome conversation. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story and journey. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if you have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Second Skin Society? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I loved this conversation. The best way I think right now is LinkedIn. I'm quite active on my LinkedIn in connecting with people and having tons of conversations there about what we're doing. Our website is under construction right now because we are updating all of our different branding, photo, video, all those things to be more reflective of the mission. So LinkedIn is the best way you can find all of our updates there on the business. And I would love to connect with as many people as feel called to reach out. Okay, thanks Leanne. That does it for today's episode. As you can tell, I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or we're joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, success leaves clues, my friends. Mm -hmm.